Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Beyond the Buoy. My name is Captain Zach, and in today's episode, I speak with David Lin, the founder and owner of Yacht Stick. David is a lifelong yacht captain, starting his career after winning a game of pool during a delivery. Yep, you heard that right. A game of pool set him on the path that he is on today, which would then lead to the invention of the Yacht Stick, a carbon fiber wash pole that allows you to attach to multiple different implements, whether it's a squeegee, a scrub brush, or an absorber, and really makes your life easier, right? We all know and are accustomed to that classic metal pole that all of a sudden you're trying to move it and and the, the button doesn't come out right, or maybe you lose it or you drop it and it sinks, and there it goes, right? It's done. Gotta go buy a new one or call a diver, but probably gonna buy a new one. Well, David decided that after a long day of washing the yacht that he was taking care of to come up with a different mousetrap right? Reinvent the wheel. And that's what he did. He decided that he was going to chop the head of his paddle, his $450 carbon fiber paddle, and fashion it to a scrub brush, which at the end of the day would then become the yacht stick. So again, real pleasure speaking with David. I hope you guys enjoy the show. And as always, stick around towards the end for some special announcements. Enjoy. Uh, good morning, David, and uh, welcome to another episode of Beyond the Buoy. It's a pleasure to have you on, not only because Yacht Stick is an incredible company, but you're also a, you've been binge listening to the podcast, which is an incredible compliment, and I appreciate that. So welcome to the show, and uh, yeah, introduce yourself. Well, thanks, Zach, and uh, uh, yeah, so David Linney here, captain, father, husband, and CEO of Yacht Stick Carbon. And first, I want to say it's an honor, Zach, to uh, to be included on your show. And yes, I, I will admit that I have been binge listening. I do a lot of traveling, and I find that uh, the time is much better spent when you are listening to something that's intriguing, to people, to people talking, not just uh, music, ambient noise in the background. Right. Um, one of my favorites, as I think I've told you, and you sort of got a kick out of, I see you as the, the Guy Raz of the blue economy. <laughs> so, I take uh, that as a massive compliment. Knowing, <laughs> yeah, so you were. Because that, I mean, in, in all in all truth, I mean, that um, Guy Raz's uh, podcast, how, the, how I Built This, was a was an inspiration for Beyond the Buoy and, you know, where it's going. So really appreciate that compliment. And, you know, before we get started, you know, who you you've been in the industry for quite some time, you know, as a yacht captain, then creating Yacht Stick. Can you kind of give us a brief overview as to what Yacht Stick is? And then let's just go right into your background as to how you got started into, you know, then becoming Yacht Stick. Yeah, no, no kidding. It, it's uh, I'm sure it's a, a story, long, right? Oh, yeah, right. It is. A, <laughs> it's a long story, and uh, it was never the, the yacht stick was never something that I said, "Hey, I'm going to form a business, and this is what the business is going to be." It was just an organic development mm-hmm. out of a need. So yes, I've been a lot yacht captain for a long time, and just like all the other captains, yourself included, Zach, we have been almost literally forced to use heavy metal poles to wash the boats. Mm -hmm. And it makes no sense. This is 2020, for heaven's sake. There are better better materials out there to use. And uh, and so accidentally, I came up with the idea of using carbon fiber as a wash pole. And that comes from my... I was doing some calculations last night, 
and came up with the fact that I am responsible for 233 feet of yacht, mm -hmm. 274 feet of ancillary craft, boats, and th over 300 feet of personal watercraft. So that's the fleet wow. that I'm responsible for. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's quite large. So it, And a lot of that, as I always say, and you'll get a kick out of this, is that people think that, that yacht captain is, wow, <laughs> that sounds like such a a cool profession right glamorous to let them know right <laughs> glamorous to say well remember that it's 90 percent drying right 10 percent driving <laughs> so, it's like just, so, right so we spend most of our time caring for the craft not enjoying the uh the, the pleasures of just getting out and going boating that that's for that's for the owners right but there are there are some per, uh perks to you know being a yacht captain and and being on the water and not inside a cubicle. So, um, unquestionably, absolutely, agree 100%. And that's why we do it, right? That's why you choose to be on the water and not, you know, on land, right? Um, exactly the truth. So, how did you get into yachting? Because there's got to be a story. I mean, I'm assuming that you kind of grew up on the water, boating, you know, always kind of attracted to the ocean. And then, which kind of drove you into the direction of, hey, let me, let me do this for a living and a career. Yeah, that was perhaps intrinsic. My my father passed that along to me. And I think I touched on this. Our, our little bit of commonality is that uh, my parents were both born and raised in North Kingston. That's Rhode right. Island. It's crazy, yeah. huh? Yeah, they both went to University of Rhode Island. Yep. As and, did I. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, and I, too, am a, a New Englander. I grew up in all of the New England states. We moved moved around quite a bit. But uh, as I told you earlier, too, my father passed away when he was 39. I was six. But in those six short years, Zach, my dad had us all. Uh, so this, I should have said this. There's five of us. I'm the youngest of five boys. Oh, wow. So when he passed away, my mom, my mom was left as a widowed mother of five, of five boys. And thank goodness my dad instilled the love of activity mm -hmm. not just the water but yes the water was a home base for all of us we right. lived on the water everywhere we lived was on the water the last place we were living was greenwich connecticut right on the Mianus river and that's where i learned to sail as a toddler <laughs> honestly as a toddler out there in a pram right with my brothers racing the tide because we had we always had to get back before the tide went out. Of course, otherwise especially in a pram. <laughs> right. Yeah. Otherwise, we'd have to drag that damn thing back through the mud. So, uh, yeah, you learned in an early, we learned in an early age to, to love the water. But once my father passed away, it was going to be incredibly difficult for my mother to bring us all up safely in a place so, so uh, close to the city. So she moved us to the mountains of New Hampshire. Mm. But... We, uh, yeah, where we learned to ski, of course. My mom and my mom was an entrepreneur. Also, we owned a small ski area up in oh, New very Hampshire. Cool. We all worked there. So, and, and I'm sure you'll agree with this too. I've always said that New England was the birthplace of work ethic. And oh God, yeah, yeah. And, and I, uh, some of your listeners are going to want to argue <laughs> that point, but we have we have Plymouth Rock to prove them wrong. Correct? That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it, that's where it all started. Yeah, no, it's funny it, that you that you say that because it's not the first time I've heard it, you know, and you go, like I, I was recently living in Hawaii and one of the reasons 
that, and they actually told me this. One of the reasons why I got hired was because I was from the Northeast, you know, and there's, there's this level of, you know, this, you got to deal with the cold, right? You got to deal with the, the elements and the outdoors and, you know, not every day is bright blue and sunny and 80 degrees, right? Um, you know, and I'm not speaking for everyone, but it, it tends to be that people in the Northeast have that, you know, New England grit and the salt kind of runs through your veins a little bit heavier, right? And maybe you can pick that up in conversation with someone because I, I tend to think that people in New England, you have to, you know, where other places you have to lose someone's trust here in New England, you really have to earn it, you know? Un- unquestionably. Yeah. Yep. It's it's funny how New England operates, and, and it's great. It's a great place to learn how to operate boats. You know, probably one of the best in the United States. I I would argue. Well, yeah, it's not such a soft landing, is it? If you no. get it wrong, <laughs> it's all not at all. It's all rock, and then on top of that, it's foggy. So that's what they say. Hey, it's it's okay. It is foggy, but don't worry, because where there's no water, there are rocks. So right. We'll stop abruptly. <laughs> so yeah, you have to you have to learn the. Yeah, and def- trade the hard way. Absolutely. Definitely the hard way. And I'm sure everyone has that one story where they did learn the hard way. Um, but so you go, you grow up on the water, you grow up, you know, in the mountains and outdoors here in New England. How did you start to transition from, you know, doing it for fun and then also going into, all right, now we're going to start making a living. And, and before I, before I get ahead of myself, I always like to ask, what was your first boat? Was it the pram? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. I figured Isn't that, that everybody's first boat? <laughs> Probably. At least I mean, in the New vast England. Ma- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was mine for sure. Little pram. Yep. Um, and you, 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 you yeah. It, it teaches you self reliance. You can't just start up the engine to get home. There is no. There is no engine. No. It's just paddle. <laughs> you're either. You. If there's no wind, you're sculling home the whole way. Right. Self sufficiency. That's yeah, right. You, you. You. Yeah. It's. It's a great way to learn. So 100. percent That was my. That's my awesome. very first. And yeah, even when we were up in the mountains, I was always called to the water. So every water sport that evolved, I was part of. Mm-hmm. Clearly, I was surfing and, and Maine was so close. The, the coast of Maine was very, very close. So friends of mine and I would go over and go surfing. And then windsurfing became available. And of course, we were out there doing that. Kite surfing, anything that involved being on or in the water. Right. It was part of part of my life. And after giving college a try, I tried uh, Springfield College in Massachusetts. And it just wasn't for me. I decided to uh, move to Florida. And with the idea of uh, continuing education at the University of Florida for engineering, but thought, let's not make a mistake. Let's uh, get a job in engineering. So I started as a uh, land surveyor down in Naples, Florida. And it's expensive to live down there, Zach. So mm, I had to have a second a job. Bit. Right. So the second job was teaching windsurfing and sailing on Marco Island. And uh, that was so much more fun than being in the woods and, and uh, cutting mangroves right. to, to do surveying. So I migrated to that full time and was working seven days a week running a rental concession on the island. It was just so much fun. And I was offered the, uh, you know, somebody wanted to literally pay me. And I was just a kid. I was 18 years old. Somebody wanted to pay me to sail their sailboat from Florida up to Norfolk, Virginia. Mm-hmm. I said, holy smokes, I'd pay you. To- <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, right. I, I'd pay you to sail your boat up. to. That sounds great. So I single-handed a boat up there. And on my way, 
I was in Beaufort, Beaufort, mm-hmm. uh, North Carolina, and met a captain. Was in uh, I think it's called the Prince, some restaurant uh, pub playing pool. And he said, you know, I've seen you in a couple ports. That is an awfully nice sailboat for such a young gentleman. Right. I don't know how he phrased it exactly, but he was just surprised that I had such a nice bonus. Oh, no, it's not mine. I said, well, it has to be yours. Every time I see you, you're, you're scrubbing it, watching it, looking at it, making it perfect. I said, no, 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 I'm just delivering it. And then, yeah, he laughed and said, so you're a delivery skipper. So, well, if that's what you call it, I'll take the, I'll, I'll take that handle. It mm-hmm. sounds nice. I'm a delivery skipper. I was just delivering it for the owner. He said, I've never seen a delivery captain take such good care of a vessel. Mm. So, well, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. And right. again, it's that New England work ethic. If this, if you're going to, because I'm thinking that I'm borrowing this boat because I'm having so much fun. Right. And my mother always told me, if you borrow something, you return it in better shape than when you first got it. Absolutely. And that was my intent. And he said, well, I tell you what, if you can beat me at a game of pool, I'm going to give you a job as a deckhand on a 115-foot fed ship. No, no way. Yep. And guess what I did? I beat him at pool. And he That's might awesome. have been sand. He may have been sandbagging. <laughs> Let's hope he was. <laughs> yeah. But that was that was my uh, in into the yachting world and never looked back and college was completely forgotten. Right. I did go to uh, maritime school, Zach, I should should say that, uh, like many do, to learn um, boat handling and celestial navigation, all the things that you sure. don't need anymore. Right. But... Uh, yeah, so that was that was my in into the the world of yachting and worked my way from the ground up. Literally, I was in the or to say, I should say some from the bilges up, right? Because right. there was no ground underneath me, and I literally was in that old fed ship. I was in the uh, bilges cleaning the limber holes and de- telling the captain about it. Mm. He's what? What are you talking about? I don't know. I was checking out the boat. I found that there was all this gunk that was stopping the water from flowing backwards. And I didn't know the nomenclature. I was just Right, you're picking down it up there. as you go. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I saw this gunk, and there was a hole, and it seemed like the water was supposed to flow from this part of the boat to that part, mm-hmm. back to where the bilge pump was, and cleaned it all out. And his eyes just widened and said, oh, my God. I found him. <laughs> right. Thank goodness for you. <laughs> right. I found it. I found the diamond in the rough. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's awesome. Started learning because nobody really, they didn't really teach you much. Then they just expected you to work, just work, get it done, get it, make the boat clean. They didn't tell you how to clean. Right. Just, all right. I'll figure it all out. Yeah. And it's funny how that work. That's, I feel like that's a very, not, not the fact that you, you won, you, you get your first job over a game of pool, but the fact that, you know, working on boats, it's almost as if you, you really have to become an apprentice and a student of the trade and of the craft and, and kind of work your way up the hawser, right? As they say, or from the bilges to the deck. And it's that, that common sense aspect that really, you know, plays a huge role in your success. Like, are you noticing that the gunk is blocking the, the hole to go back into the bilge? You know, like that, those small things are how you tie a cleat. Do you tie it perfect every single time or do you leave a little bit of the line hanging out and you don't, you know, you don't make a Flemish and just oh, a little no, stuff, I, right? I'm a, I'm a Flemisher from way back. You yeah, Flemish. I had, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had the Chapman book of seamanship and 
that was my Bible. There you go. Yeah, I had the same book. Yep. That's too funny. So from there, you start working on this uh, 115 Fed ship. You're, you're, sl- you're going up the ranks, right? And all of a sudden, you know, you, you find yourself in a career, right? I'm sure there was that, that moment in time where it's like, all right, I want to do this for, you know, X amount of years, right? And <clears throat> at what point were you like starting to want a little bit more, which then started into Yacht Stick? How did that, how did that all kind of transition? you know, after doing it for so long and you are working your way up. And I, I did work up slowly the way that, that everybody should working as a deckhand, working as a bosun, working as a, what's now a chief officer back then it was a first mate. And finally earning my own captain's license. And, but by this time I've got five or six years under me, not, not insta captain. Right. working and traveling all over and having fun and getting paid for it. And the idea, honestly, I think in the back of my mind was that I was going back eventually to college for engineering, but realized I am engineering. I'm, I'm navigating. Mm. It's, I'm using the same parts of my brain that I, that I feel felt that I, I wanted to. I'm having fun traveling and getting paid for it. Right, not a bad, not a bad were, deal. Right, my other friends now that that had started college with me were now graduated, and they were all doing things that were infinitely less enjoyable than what I was doing. Right. So I said, "This is this is where I'm going to be. I like this." Kept going, kept going, and uh, and now there's many boats. I, I worked on a, a lot of boats, working my way up. But I will say that uh, with every boat I worked on, I was on them for a long time. I did not jump from boat to boat. My last boat was 14 years. Wow. And I'm now on a, the uh, folks I work for now, their father, it's two brothers that I work for, their father was best friends with my previous owner. And as you know, in yachting, we call them owners mm-hmm. because they own the boat. They don't own us, seeming, <laughs> seemingly right, they right. do, but... Uh, <laughs> But they own the boat, so we called him the owner. And so I was with that owner for 14 years, all while being friends with the family that I'm now working for because my owner and, and uh, my present owner were best friends. And my previous owner just got into his 80s and got out of big boats, and I moved over to, to my, my new job. And I have never been more proud. Each each opportunity is just greater than the last. So the folks I work with now, two brothers, they the boat I run is a hundred foot Hatteras. That's the the main boat. They also have a seventy five Hatteras and a fifty eight Bertram and a, a slew of Intrepids and and a fleet of support, jet skis, right? Uh, twenty eight Sea Doos, yeah, twenty eight. Yeah. 28 of them Jesus. split split between Florida and Michigan. Um, but what I was getting at is the, uh, the proud moment. Uh, my, the, the boat, the Hatteras I work on, the big one, the 100-footer, is, has been in the family s- since the father purchased it. He never got to enjoy it. He died of cancer mm. uh, before he ever took delivery. So the sons, it's, it's a legacy, let's say, but they've had it in the family since uh, 2000. The novelty is worn off, but they love the boat. 
Right. And they want to give back. And I touched on this with you that uh, we, most of what we do, about 90% of what we do at that Hatteras down in Florida is run cruises for Freedom Waters, which is taking wounded veterans and special needs children out two or three times a week. Yeah, that's and awesome. It is so rewarding. So very, very rewarding seeing uh, all these people that would perhaps never get the chance to be on, on a vessel like this and taking them out for the day, enjoying the weather, enjoying the sun, having lunch, chatting. And my boss is on every one of those cruises. Really? Talking with every one of those guests. He's not just giving the boat to you. Here's the boat. Nope. He wants to be there with them. That's awesome. And that makes me super proud. Yeah. And being so, able to provide that opportunity for someone that otherwise wouldn't have it, right? And, and someone, in, and I'm sure in many cases, a lot of these people, you know, they've kind of they've kind of come through the ringer in, in some sense. Like they've had to overcome adversity. So being able to give that person an opportunity to enjoy the ocean as much as you do in a way that is so unique, um, I can totally see why that really makes you feel good. Um, I, and just from personal experience, I can, I can understand that from, you know, taking people out, uh, you know, out snorkeling and whale watching in Hawaii. Like you take these people that probably, you know, some of which saved up their entire lives to do this one trip out on the water. And it would be a disservice to me if I didn't show up with the attitude and, and the, and the pride in my job to give this person the opportunity to look at that whale or go snorkeling. And, and who knows, maybe that person becomes a marine biologist that figures out how we're going to solve the plastic issue in, in our oceans. But, you know, just always having that connection to the water and, and being able to provide that similar connection to someone else for just a brief moment. That is profound. I like that. Yes, because there are plenty of captains out there that, that really wouldn't care. They're, they've just done it over and over and the redundancy just makes them bored with it but you have to be excited for the guest that's on board because they want to be excited right so yeah yeah no, yeah totally agree it is a it's a great job but in that job because i i fear I, I do this a lot i ramble so we've talked about me and now we got to get into how i created this right so as i've said there's a lot of boats to wash and again remember all those that are listening, that it sounds fabulous, but 90% of it is maintenance. 10% of it is getting out on the water. Just maintenance, maintenance, maintenance. And the story goes, I uh, had to wash the 100-footer by myself one day. I just, my first mate didn't show up for work. Who knows what happened the previous night, but he wasn't <laughs> there and I had to get it done and I did it all. And I made the mistake of complaining about how sore I was after the fact to my lovely wife, mm -hmm. who, who said, well, just yesterday, you went paddling. I like to paddleboard. I do it to stay in shape. And I had paddled seven miles in under two hours and was so proud of myself. That's cruising, by the way. It is cruising. <laughs> I had some, I'm going to say I had some tidal drift help. Okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but it was still really going along at a, at a good pace. And she was saying, well, yesterday you weren't sore and tired and you worked your ass off paddling so fast. And rather than arguing the point, I just thought about it. So my gosh, she's, she's right. What is the difference? The, sea, the two seem kind of the same, washing a boat 
moving your arms back and forth and paddling. Sure. They're the same. What is it? And I thought about it and thought about it. And I came back to her finally about an hour later, holding my sure hold pole and holding my $450 carbon fiber quick blade paddle and handed them to her. And she said, this is, this is the difference. This is why I came back yesterday from paddling and felt good. And why today I feel as though I've been run over by a truck. Right. A big heavy metal pole compared to a beautiful piece of carbon fiber. And that was the aha moment. I thought, well, heavens to Betsy, why not make these telescoping poles out of carbon fiber? <laughs> you know, clearly the reason is, is price, right? Yeah. It's got to be. But let's find out how much better it is. Because if it's that much better, it's not, it doesn't become something that's expensive. It because becomes something that's valuable, mm -hmm. that you're passing along a value and, and doing a service for the rest of the industry. Right. So it took some, I'm going to say it took some moxie, Zach, because I had to destroy a paddle to do it. Yeah. I was thinking, <laughs> right. Yep. I had yep. to cut the paddle off of the shaft because the paddle was useless for what I wanted to do. So. I uh, realized, like you know, after a quick Google, I realized I could put the paddle back together with, if I needed to. Um, so I cut the blade off, and then I had this beautiful carbon fiber shaft, and a sure hold brush and a mop. But the OD and ID were different, mm -hmm. so a little bit of duct tape fixed that. I just duct taped around the uh, the sure hold brush, and then when it had a positive catch into the carbon fiber shaft back I went to the boat to wash the hull and the difference was overwhelming to where mm. I was shouting to friends hey come over try this see if I'm just crazy or if this is different and everybody said oh my heaven well I think you got something here I right said, well I mean I wasn't trying to form a business at the point I was just going to say hey I'm going to get some more of these shafts and we can all use them to wash our boats with and, uh, you know, the idea was, no, you got, you got to turn this into a company. Right. You got to make and, something. Yeah. Right. And Yachtstick was born. Yachtstick was born, but just, just around the, I can't remember how old, say I have uh, two daughters, by the way, Lake and Sage. And Sage was uh, just a baby. And when I was building my website, my wife was just reminding me I was building away my uh, website while rocking sage and the baby bjorn multitasking that's, that's awesome. the way new englanders are yeah you have to multitask get the job done and uh built honestly built the website just as uh, a test as just to see if anybody would be interested in this right idea and when they were i then contacted a friend of mine who produces the carbon fiber uh, shafts he, he makes paddleboard paddles okay and asked him if he could could make this for me if I give him a little design because it's not something he was making he was just making shafts that connected to a paddle mm -hmm. I needed now something that was telescoping that worked for for yacht cleaning so I gave him a drawing and he said you know I, I can David I can do that uh, how many can you make and that was a stumbling block because I was thinking now does he want me to make a lot or a few is he too busy and he doesn't want to make many mm. 
and what can I afford? That was the other bit. So right, carbon fiber is not cheap. It's not cheap. It's not. It it is not. But it's also not exactly. It's not cheap, Zach. It's wonderful. It is a. It's a great material, and we'll discuss that later. But, um. I said I think I can do fifty, and he said, "Wow, that would be great because then, I can." save a job because I was going to have to let somebody go because things right. were slow. I thought, oh my gosh, I've, the timing is perfect. I've just saved somebody's job. So boom, I've created a company and created a job. I'm off. I'm running. This is going to be fun. And so we made the first 50, and this was, this was what, three years ago, made the first iteration, which was literally just simply two pieces of carbon fiber that slid inside and outside of each other. And I had to use an ID reducer. So there was a third part so that the Surehold and Swabit brushes, all the tools that people were already using. It was important that all of those fit my system because right. people had a, a big investment in that. I didn't want to recreate the wheel. I just wanted to recreate the One of the, the, one axle. Of the spokes. Yeah, right. <laughs> the exactly. axle. The axle. I wanted to re recreate. That's a good one. I hadn't thought of that. Um, so I did that and sold out of those first 50 quite quickly and went back for more. But now my friend was busy because summer had hit and he was making paddles. Right. So there was a downtime, but people were clamoring. The, the, the word had gotten out. Hey, this exists. The great bit is, because I, I felt um, destroyed because I couldn't make any more. But in retrospect, now looking at it, it was the most fantastic thing because it gave me time to iterate, to realize, mm. all right, if, I'm, if, if I now have to wait six months to make more of these, I'm not just going to make more of what I made the first time. I'm going to make it better. Right. And I came up with everything I could possibly want in it. And one of the things, because I'm sure you've struggled with this as everybody else has, when you're adjusting, when you're telescoping the other, but I'm going to call the other brands bad mm -hmm. they're my my competitors or whatever uh you, you can't find where they click in where the detent is so you're trying to and you're looking and looking and looking it's brutal where is it oh my heavens so ours i'm gonna i'm gonna mark it there'll be an arrow on the outer shaft and a and a, a target on the inner shaft so every time you're looking for the detent mark, it is simple to find. Right. That easy. I then thought, you know, carbon fiber is so light, these things could be bigger. But nobody want, nobody's going to want to carry around 30 feet or, or let's say 20 feet of carbon fiber pole. It's too mm. much. If they could marry one another, that would be great. So I came up with the idea of the removable handle that you could inject one stick into the other. So that was the stick stack. Oh, interesting. So I, I just came up with all sorts of ideas. So this next iteration was going to be unbelievably perfect. Right. I sent the plans to my friend in California. And when time came that he had slowed down, we made the next round. That's and, awesome. And each time we make a round of sticks, Zach, there is a new improvement. Every yeah. single time. And then I scratch my head and think, I've been using... The other, let's call them the other brands, and you know who I'm speaking mm -hmm. of. They haven't iterated. They haven't changed anything in 32 years. It's been the same two pieces of heavy metal. <laughs> if anything, it's just become weaker 
metal. Right. Less, you know, maybe they've gone to China or something and they're, uh, I, I don't know, but it's. And, it, and it's something that we as, you know, people that work on the water have just accepted, right? It's that, well, this is the only thing that's there and out on the market. It's exactly at, correct. So then yep. what, what's the other option, you know? So for you to come in and be like, hey, I think I got a, a better a better option than better mousetrap, a better mousetrap. Exactly. So, you know, from a yacht perspective, what is some, what are some of the benefits of, you know, obviously weight reduction is huge because, you know, it just gives you, you know, you're able to endure a longer day working on the water, which working on the water is, is tiring enough being out in the hot sun, the boats moving, but, you know, from a, a value add to the vessel, how is it different from the other brand that you know we've been mentioning? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't ever like to just start with that. I like to start with the idea that that it was a an organic start that mm. I did it for myself, not as a business. Absolutely. But then, yes, all of these benefits. The first was the weight, and that was what I was going for at first. I just wanted to minimize the weight when I realized how much better it was to use that. So we're constructing these out of 100% roll wrap, pre-preg carbon fiber, some of the best carbon fiber in the world. And they are ultra weight. They're non-destructive also, Zach, so that if you hit the boat with it, which you always do. Always. Smacking into the boat with these big heavy metal poles, chipping, damaging the paint, the carbon fiber doesn't. Unless you use... The yacht stick is a shillelagh and beat the heck out of your boat. Right. You're in good shape. Seriously, the, the, there's no damage done from the carbon fiber. Yeah. Uh, corrosion, corrosion-free. So after using, especially in salt environments, you're using the aluminum poles, eventually they no longer slide. You can't, you, you're stuck at one height and you can't, or you can but you really have to work at it. Right. It's so difficult after they become a little bit corroded, and that doesn't take very long in the, in the salty environments. Um, the, the fact that they're so much stiffer, and not only that, so, so when you're scrubbing, if, if the aluminum is bending and bending and bending, it also actually physically bends and has a memory. The carbon fiber doesn't. First off, it, it doesn't bend nearly as much. It's mm. much stiffer. And when it does bend, there's no memory. It just pops right back into where it, where it was previously. Right. Whereas the aluminum, as I'm sure you've had, if, after you've worked with it really hard, when it is telescoped out, it bends and you can no longer close it. So you have to roll it over and carefully bend it back until the... Until the uh, pole works again yeah with carbon fire that doesn't happen then the other thing we found was that they floated which was fantastic holy smokes look well at that especially story. working on the water correct and and people say well that's a no-brainer of course it should should float but right. it doesn't and i you know i'm not going to say that we started this to be environmentally conscious but what a great collateral thing to find out that if everybody were using these, I can't imagine, I can't extrapolate how many Surehold and Swabit poles are at the bottom of our oceans right. and rivers and lakes. Yeah. It's nonstop. I know for a fact that you know, in my 30 years, 
washing boats, I've probably dumped 10 in. Absolutely. And I mean, it's just, a, it's just the nature of it. Yep. Metal is slippery. It's heavy. You're fatigued. In it goes, and, and it goes down so quickly. <laughs> it's amazing. You think, oh, I'll have time to grab it. No, it's just gone. Gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny you, you mentioned that. It reminds me a lot of um, how Joe from Huck did you know the same i love joe joe's a great guy guy. that's actually you know for those that are listening we got a shout out to joe because he's the one that connected us um but it reminded me of you know he built this bucket you know in a very similar fashion that you have right making you know kind of reinventing the mousetrap and making it starting starting from scratch not just taking what exists and augmenting it right but throwing it all away switching the paradigm completely starting from ground zero and building it from a different composite completely right and i think it really has to do with perspective right because you being a yacht captain you see a you know the regular wash stick as you know as a hindrance in many ways for you know from the for the boat for you know the environment and a myriad of other reasons and and so did joe right he he came at it from a a boating fishing perspective where here's a bucket, the the ones that are on the market they absolutely suck. So I'm gonna create a, a better one. So I just I just I you know I, I wanted to make that connection between the two because I think you guys are on a very similar wavelength when it comes to how you created your product and a lot of the same value adds that are that are existing within it. Yeah, un, unquestionably, and I'm I'm proud to be in that group of of folks that that care that really do care mm. that just want to make life a little bit easier and better for the boating community absolutely and others too people used my my stuff and joe's stuff to wash their cars to wash their rvs etc right but it all started from from boating right and it, and it started with a with you solving your own problem you know, Correct. I feel like a lot of same, uh, same with Joe, yep. same with Joe. Same right. And I, and I think a lot of great businesses kind of start with that where the owner is, you know, is, is faced with this issue. And instead of, you know, just saying, ah, whatever, like this is the only option you guys go ahead and change it. Right. And it's, it's having that entrepreneurial spirit that really kind of pushes you forward into thinking differently and being more creative than the next guy. So you know, now yacht stick is, you know, it's out, right? You got you you have gotten yourself onto, you know, many different platforms I've seen. Um with the uh, what is it, the Adrift uh, you're a sponsor for the Adrift um Yeah, Adrift Film Festival. Film Fest. That is yep. yeah, and, and let's let's hope that you can interview uh Sheldon and uh and Randy next. I'll yeah, absolutely. That'd be them. awesome. But so what's kind of the future of, you know, yacht stick going forward uh and and how you are you're constantly evolving as a product and a brand but what's kind of where do you see yourself going with yacht stick never stopping to iterate Mm. we'll solve as we go along zach we just solve every little problem that comes up so just because we have a, a lightweight stick that works better is easier on the person there there are other little problems that come along i noticed that even though the carbon fiber didn't scratch the boat the spring button the metal spring button that that the tool connects so you you put your surehole brush into the yacht stick and there's going to be a little metal spring button that sticks out of the yacht stick right and that 
can scratch the boat. So we came up with the button guard. It's a fantastic little elastic that goes around the button hole, huh. target on it, so you still know where the hole is, but it stops the, right. that little metal thing from scratching the boat. We came up with the handle brush. So I told you earlier that our handles are removable, and that was for the stick stack function so that you could connect two sticks together. And <clears throat> that is a fantastic bit because you can reach places that you've never reached before. But when I was looking at it saying, well, here's a, a handle that's removed. This is kind of a cool thing. What if I made this capable of accepting a tool so that when you were working under the deckheads, maybe you didn't need four or five feet of, of carbon fiber stick. You could put your squeegee or chamois or brush into just the handle so you'd have an extra foot of reach. Oh, interesting. And that was, yeah, so, so that came about. Then, as I'm sure you've had this happen too, you're working on the boat and rinsing and chamoising, so you have your whatever you're using, you're probably using a sure hole pole, we're using yacht stick. Right. And with a chamois at the end, we rinse it all off and then we're chamoising, but there's bird dew or spider poop and you can't get it off and you end up scraping it off with your fingernail. Right. Which is just disgusting. So then we, handled, we came up with the handle brush. And so that's a brush that's always in there. So you remove your handle and there's a little brush right there for you. So oh, it's cool. always inside the stick. You pull it out and boom, you have a way to brush it. Right. Always coming up with something. That's awesome. Something new. We'll never stop. Yeah. And or, and I'm sure there's a process that you kind of go through in terms of, you know, trying to really think for that next one. Is do you find yourself No, no, no. The process is it, it's it is always organic. It's, it's always just organic. Me working because I am. I haven't given up my job. I am a very, very full time captain. Right. And a very, very full time father and husband. So the process is just what I need. I find myself I say, Wow, I I do not want to scrape that bird crap with my right. fingernail. No. What can I do? Boom. Yeah. So there is there is no I don't sit as a mad scientist in a in a basement thinking things up. It just is something that I find is necessary and then think, will anybody else want this? And apparently they do because as you were alluding to, I am yeah, I'm I'm my stuff is all over the world. It is on what do, what's our, our new quote is kind of cute. I came up with the idea of uh, we are our, our gear is at home on the most impressive yachts in the world and the most important yachts, yours. Mm, I like that. It is it is on the so seven seas, rising sun, Venus, right. Stardust, Al Lusal, Alpha Nero. I get, there's the list. It's, it's hundreds of, of super yachts. Yeah, but we're also on almost every Tierra and Chris Craft. Yeah, see, so you, you everybody guys... that cares about their boat is adopting our platform because they understand it, they get it. They're the uh, we're an aspirational brand, just like Huck Bucket, just the same as Yeti. Right. They want it because they because it's this, this need, and secondarily. It is completely utilitarian. Right. Well, and it's, you guys provide it, value it's across purpose, the board. Purpose built with quality as the ethos. Let's start with let's make something that is absolutely better. Right. It's so much better. And that we made it 
and I always say we. It's so funny because my wife says, who's we? You know, he's got somebody in her pocket. So you know what I do? My family, first off, because they put up with me. Mm -hmm. And everybody that uses my product, they give me feedback. Right. Oh, I should say this. So interesting feedback that I got from a uh, yacht detailer. I told you how we mark the detents. Mm -hmm. They, He was telling me how fabulous that was and that we should make the last mark in red so you know that it's time to stop. Right. It doesn't go any further. Oh, that's a great <laughs> idea. Yeah. Brilliant. So that's the we, Zach, that it is a we, that I'm not here alone. Yeah, I am. I am the one doing all the work, but I have a wealth of people out there that, that give me feedback and are part of the brand, that we're not just a product. We are really a, a, a brand for for yacht people, yacht lovers, yacht crew, etc. Right. Yeah, well, it, it's, it's funny. Fun. You know, it it, it 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 takes a community to do that, right? And a, and a team of people, and whether they're on your team directly, and you know, let's say getting paid, right? Or it's it's the customers and the community that you forged by creating an amazing you know product that is providing real value to you know the yachting community and the boating community in general and, you know, a variety of other ones. But, you know, I think that that's what makes a great brand. You know, it's one that incorporates the community and, and really is the driving force behind it. Right. And you see some other brands, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to pick on Yeti, right. They have, they've built a great brand because of their community. You know, they've, they've forged a group of, you know, of fishermen and, you know, all these other guides and a variety of different, aspects and that are ambassadors to their product exactly so it, it's great to see that you're taking a similar approach because i think that it not only it creates a a great brand but it creates a really authentic one as well and you're staying genuine to who you are and it's not just a a market grab it is it is so it is so not because the margins zach are, are so small <clears throat> if i were if i were selling our yacht sticks for for what uh, a business graduate would tell me I need to sell it for, it would be untouchable. Right. So we just we just shrink our margin, do the best we can and get it into the hands of as many people as we can because I I want them to have an easier life of washing the boat. Right. I have a full time job, which is great. A lot of a lot of entrepreneurs don't have that. They don't have that paycheck coming in and, and medical and dental insurance and all that that I have. So I am able to to take a, a, a more relaxed approach approach to the business and make it more about the brand and the product and not about just simply making money. As a matter of fact, my, my lovely wife will say, what are you giving away this? Right. <laughs> it's always something free. I'm going to tell you because now, as you well know, we're in the middle of this major crisis in the mm -hmm. world. People just dying left and right, and it is completely sad. And right when that started happening and the CDC was telling people to wear masks, I had just had a whole bunch of face buffs made with our logo on it mm. to you know with the idea of, of selling because they seem to be popular right and i was handing them out left and right to my fedex driver my ups driver the shipped the folks that deliver um vet uh, your your uh, groceries mm. anybody that needed one 
getting one free. And then I just, every order that I shipped out still to this day, we're about to run out, but shipping them out for free also came up with the, I saw online that these COVID keys, the keys that you could use to not touch anything. So you could open a door and push buttons and people, they were selling these online for $30. And so I'm like, gosh, I got plenty of carbon fiber. I'll just make them out of carbon fiber and give them away. Right. I don't think you should have to pay to not get a disease. <laughs> yeah. So that's my wife always comes in. So what are you planning to give away this <laughs> this week? We always, there's always a uh, carbon fiber bottle opener provided because we think after you uh, wash the boat, you should have a, a beer on us. We can't give you the beer, but we give you a carbon fiber bottle opener to open it with. Love it. Love there's it. always something free inside that box. So when you get the, uh, you get your order, there's just surprises. Right. We, we hope that the unboxing experience lets you know that we care. Yeah, absolutely. We didn't just throw this in. Even right down to the the ecology of it, I, we're sending out a, a yacht stick that you know if it's the big one, it's two hundred and seventy five dollars, which seems a great deal of money. You want that protected, but I didn't want to wrap it in bubble wrap and etc. I had to come up with a way to package it. Mm -hmm. I came up with a way just to literally attach it to the box that it's shipped in, so it never moves. Right. Ah, oh, that's a good it idea. Can't get, it can't get damaged. So when you open it up, there it is. You don't have a a great deal of excess packaging plastics yeah plastic right sure it's unnecessary so yeah well i love how you're streamlining in, in a way that is not only beneficial to you but it really you know it makes people feel as though that they're a part of the brand and you know there's one of the questions that i'm, I'm sure you kind of know where i'm where i'm going to go with this one is um you know having listened to the show it, has there ever been a moment or, you know, a place in time where, you know, that maybe really kind of put you on the path that you are today? You know, maybe it was a person. I know that a lot of people kind of meet that one person that maybe was a mentor of such that pushed them into the position that they are today. And, and, and it, I think the reason why I asked this question now is because I'm getting a sense and it's almost like you're reflecting on things that people have done for you. And then, therefore, you want to give back in whatever capacity that you can. That is that is me to a T, right there. Yes, and and Zach, without getting too emotional, it's my dad. Mm -hmm. Right there, he set me on the on the path. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, I can see that, you know, in, in a sense that, you know, even though you didn't, you weren't able to spend as much time as you, you thought you would have had with him, but no, those... six, six years, six years, but he taught me and all of my brothers mm. so, so much. And my mother, God bless her. She, <laughs> she took right up and kept us doing all those things that we had learned. She, if, if she could afford to get us out there to do these things to ski because you know being in new england you understand skiing is not something that is cheap no it's not tough. at all it's a tough thing to do but we all did it we all raced we all did fis and yeah raced in college etc so and same with sailing right well your mom sounds like a trooper you know oh yeah five boys in new england <laughs> on her own on, on her, her own, own. Yep. yeah well yep. that that it's you know, it's really cool to see your story, you know, listen and learn about your story. And, and, you know, yacht, I think people see a product and it's not just a product, right? There's someone behind that. And, 
you know, there's there's always a love for it and there's a love for the job and the in the ocean. And what do you think the ocean has kind of provided for you? Because it seems as though your career is built upon it, but there's always oh, something a, there's always something a little bit more, right? Oh, there 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 absolutely is. For me it's a catharsis and I'm sure you're the same way. When you get a moment to just go jump in the ocean. Mm-hmm. I did it last feet, night. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you have to do it. And and float. You've got to get your feet off terra firma you Mm -hmm. just have to float and recharge and if there's anybody listening that hasn't had that experience that hasn't maybe you're afraid of the ocean please please don't be (laughs) just Mm. just go get in salt water is uh, any water it's good to swim period just to be connected to water is wonderful but there is something about salt water that is special yep very very special absolutely so yeah, I get couldn't out agree there more. And get salty if you can. Yeah, it's a healing. It's it's it, you know as much as it sounds maybe a little you know hippy dippy, but it it is a heal. It has a healing power, you know. And not unquestionably, only, you unquestionably. Know, it, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid growing up, you know, if you had a cut on your hand or something, the 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 relief was all right. Go go swim in the ocean. You know, <laughs> swim in the ocean. Yeah. That'll take care of it. Things, things have things have changed slightly. A little bit, yeah, yeah, slightly. But you know, I think I think it holds true in in many different facets, and and not just physically, but mentally, spiritually, and you know, obviously physically as well. So, um, well, David, you know, it was a real pleasure having you on. Um, you know, no, Zach, the pleasure is mine. This is great. What you've managed to accomplish, this is just fantastic. Well, I appreciate a, that. Yeah. What a great, great entity for the uh, for the yachting community. And as I said, I, I'm hoping to see you at uh, boat shows doing some live interviews with folks. Yeah, well, that's the goal. You know, you know, hopefully this, you know, obviously with what's going on in the world and, and the land of COVID, it's a little difficult this year. But I think, you know, going into the winter and when things start to calm down, that's kind of the end goal for the, well, not the end goal, but a goal for the podcast and for the Beyond the Buoy as a company. Um, which it's slowly starting to become, which is awesome and very cool to see. Um, but you know, where can where can people get in touch with you and, and learn more about Yacht Stick and and what you have going on? Oh, and I hope they do. Yes, please reach out to us. Uh, Yachtstick.com. You can the the actual name of the company is Y O T S T I K, which is kind of a cool little play on words. But we also own the domain Yacht Stick because <laughs> I didn't want to have to explain to people. <laughs> what our website was right so simply just type in yacht stick and you're going you're going to find us we're also available at uh, a few super yacht channeleries we are mostly e-commerce zach okay we the only stores that we are in physical stores that brick and mortar are super yacht channeleries national marine in fort lauderdale and naughty chandler sure for yacht a lot of places over in the med you know the europeans pick up new products much quicker than on this side of the pond. Interesting. So, uh, and, and again, here in the U S we can service people via e-commerce, just shipping. Right. So you can pick us up at national Marine. If you're looking, if you're in Fort Lauderdale. Perfect. And then Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. The whole oh yeah. We're yeah. on all of those as well. Awesome. 100%. Very cool. But yeah, yachtstick.com is a great way to get a hold of us. And we love to chat about boats and your needs. and Yeah, the whole bit. Great. Well, David, hey, again, real pleasure having you on the show. And, uh, you know, looking forward to 
keeping this this uh, this relationship open and uh, talking to more about you and and yacht stick in the future. Yeah, and and as I said, I'm hoping to. What I would really like to do is set you up with the folks from Adrift, and then sponsor that that particular yeah. interview for Absolutely. you, since since I am a sponsor of the uh, Adrift Film Festival, and I. I look forward to setting that up for you. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, well, David, I hope you have an awesome day. Hopefully there's no, there's no boat problems today. You know, I know as a nope, captain, taking the day off just for you. Oh, I the day off. You. Wow. All right. I'm honored. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, enjoy the rest of your day and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Zach. Thanks, David. Pleasure. Bye. Cheers. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Beyond the Buoy. It was a real pleasure to speak with David and learn all about Yacht Stick and how his career was really shaped by that game of pool. I thought it was so incredible that that one moment in time really put him on the trajectory that he is on today. And if he hadn't won, or maybe if that guy didn't let him win, you never know, right? Who knows where he would be, right? Who knows where Yacht Stick, if Yacht Stick would ever have been invented. But... Nonetheless, if you want to show some David, if you want to show David some support, head over to his, his Instagram and give him a follow, give him a like, show him some love on Facebook as well. And as always, if you want to learn more, you can go to beyondthebuoypodcast.com slash yachtstick, Y-O-T-S-T-I-K. And if you want to learn more about Beyond the Buoy, you can head over to our website, beyondthebuoypodcast.com to learn more about all the incredible people we've had on the show, as well as the products that they have. And you can pick up some cool merch. And as always, remember to work hard, do good, and be incredible. We'll catch you on the next episode. And if you're listening to this before July 4th, have a great 4th of July.